With classes in crisis communication, influence, and data presentation, Gonzaga University's online Master's in Communication and Leadership equips you with the tools you need to communicate clearly and encourage creativity in any industry. Concentrations in digital media, strategic communication, and global leadership allow you to customize your degree. Visit gonzaga.edu slash communication and learn why a master's degree from Gonzaga can help you take your career to the next level. That's gonzaga.edu slash communication. Well, good evening. Good evening. My name is Glenn Lawson, and I am the um, CEO of FightBackMedia.com, FightBackMedia.com, FightBackMedia.com. And I'm also the host of The Morning Report and FightBack 2020. Thank you for coming to the video today. I'm doing a, a YouTube video uh, and um, a podcast on Spotify, Spreaker, where uh, iHeart.com, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get the podcast of this. You can get the podcast of this too. Uh, I'll try to put that down in the description box on the YouTube video if I can remember to do it uh, because it's late in the day and I'm tired. But anyway, uh, I have... <clears throat> Let me get to it. I've been calling um, for introspection now. It's interesting. Uh, we heard first Rahm Emanuel, who was a um, assistant to the president, uh, Barack Obama, and he's noted for saying a couple of things. One of the things he, sa he said that we cannot let a crisis, a good crisis go to waste because it gives us an opportunity to do some things that we couldn't have done normally. Um, and I pretty much get the idea of what he meant, but you know the, that that concept is very true. The concept is very true. Crises or crises will sometimes present opportunities, and and if you and if you don't participate in that opportunity or take advantage of that opportunity in the crises, then you may not get a chance to do it later because people won't think it's as important to, to do later. For instance, during during COVID-19, uh, it was probably some of the things, frankly, some of the things that we're doing now are probably have always good, been good ideas. It's always a good idea to wash your hands for 20 seconds. That's always been a good idea. Um, it's probably a good idea to lay off the antibacterial soap and just use soap and water, just regular soap. That's probably a better idea. Um you know, for the human species anyway, it's probably a better idea. So now in this time of crises, is we can go back to some of the things that actually work better that we may not even have considered before because of any, any, any number of reasons. But now we can really talk about those things. But that's just one example. Now, another example that I want to deal with today, this will not be something that makes people happy. I'm just, I'm just going to... I'm just going to tell you, uh, ladies and germs, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to say to you t um, today is not going to make a lot of people happy. And when I share this podcast and when we put this video out there on YouTube, we're going to have a lot of people not liking it, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, I want to, I'm just going to appreciate the view. Thank you so much. The more views we have, the better. The more shares we have, the better. Uh, the more um, interactions we have, engagements we have, the better. Uh, so, it's okay. Same thing with the podcast. 
I think that in this in these crises, um, and it, and it didn't start with it didn't start with with George Floyd, obviously. Uh, obviously, that was it's a horrific situation with George Floyd, and I and I, and unfortunately, now we have, I have to we have to preface everything we say if we're not going to follow the mainstream media narrative. With of course, of course, what happened to Ahmaud Arbery is reprehensible and terrible, and the McDaniels should go to jail for a long time. Probably, probably, forever, and and what happened to um, to George Floyd under um, under under the knee of Derek Chauvin? Yes, he he needs to go to jail for a very long time, a very long time. Um, if he gets released at all, ever, he needs to go to jail for a very long time, um, as well as the other three officers. And it's a shame that that a couple of those officers. This was their third day on the job. So, and, and and you were and you were terrified to, to say anything to the uh, the ranking officer there. Yeah, but you should have. It's a shame. Sucks to be you. Uh, sucks more to be dead. So let me preface all of this. What I'm going to say with that, so people don't get the wrong idea. Good God, you're going to anyway. But at least I tried. I think that in. Um, my community and the black community, I think this is a perfect time for some introspection. Yes. Now, I know that some people think this is a perfect time for ex- expression, the expression of pain, the expression of, uh, of hurt, the expression of agony, the expression of frustration, and all these things. But it's also the time for introspection. And what that means is we have to look inside our own community. We have to first of all look inside our own hearts to, to determine what do I believe in this pain and in this anger and in this hurt and this frustration. What do I really? What do I really believe? Me personally, especially for those of us who who profess Christ who profess Christianity. What do I really believe? What do I really believe about me? What do I really believe about people who look like me? What do I really believe about white people? What do I believe about my nation? What do I really believe? Do I believe what I see? Or am I believing what someone tells me? Am I, do I believe uh, what I've been told? Because that's really easy to do. You know, way back when I was told as, as, as a youngster that Republicans only cared about rich people and that Democrats cared about poor people. And I bought that. I bought that hook, line and sinker until somebody said, if they only care about poor people, why do you want to stay poor? Just this. I mean, why would you want to stay poor? What happens if you what happens if you hit it and make it rich? If they only care about poor people, they don't care about black people when that, when, we, when we when we make it. Somebody hit me to that message, not even intending to. They weren't. It wasn't at a Republican outreach or any of that kind of stuff. It was. It was just sort of said. I don't even know by whom. But it, that message struck like thunder inside me. So I guess what I had to do. I had to reevaluate. I had to do some introspection. The day my son was born. I had to do some serious in, introspection about what I believed about abortion. 
actually I, I had to when we found out that that in the, on that July fourth, strangely enough, uh, that uh, my wife was pregnant with him, I had to I had to I I did do a lot of thinking because I had been the kid in college because pff, that's when we were all the smartest, right? Uh, when we were all the most intelligent, the mo- that's when we were all the most woke, right? That if you are against abortion, don't have one. See, problem solved. No, I never, I never considered that abortion was actually a murder. No, I, I, I didn't really know that when they um, did this procedure, they chopped the baby up into little pieces, and then sucked the child out of the mother with a vacuum cleaner, like so much trash. But I had this, hmm, I'm smarter than, I'm smarter than all y'all, sort of opinion. But when my wife was pregnant with our son, I had to go wait. And long story short, we found out much later on in my wife's pregnancy that she was pregnant. Um, So my son was never a blob to us. He was never an idea or a thought. He was always Alex. He was always Alex. He had a name. As soon as we found out that he was a boy, he had a name. You know, I see a lot of, of Black Lives Matters protests with, say their name, say their name. Well, my kid's name was Alex. William Alex Sander. And how many black children have been murdered in utero who never got a name? So I had to do some introspection. I had to look into my own heart and go, what do I believe? Do I believe this? I know what I've said. But do I believe it? Well, and the answer came. An answer came back. No, you don't believe that anymore. You might have at one point. You might have thought that. Maybe you believed it at some point, but you don't believe it now. And maybe you, and maybe you never believed it. So making that adjustment in my speech, making that adjustment in my thoughts in my writings. It, it it took a little bit. I ain't gonna lie to you. It took a little bit. But when the nurse handed me that child, I was through. It was easy. He was just, it, it became easy. When those little gray eyes opened and they were staring at me, it was all over. It was all over. I knew what I believed. I felt like the Grinch, you know, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the Grinch, Grinch, Grinch's heart grew three sides that day. Boing. That's what I felt like. But I had to do some introspection. I had to look inside myself first. Now in our community, we have got to start doing the very same thing. It seems to me, now this is where you want to write in the comments. It seems to me that my community, my black community, my African-American community, whatever you want to call it, this whole idea that we have decided to, and I'll do this in another video, we've decided to divide up by some random choice of this superficial skin color seems, it seems dumb, but we have. So for lack of better terms right now, I'm just going to say, 
our you know in, in the black community that we need to use this opportunity to use this opportunity to do some introspection look inside ourselves to look inside ourselves and look inside our community and and see what's going on what are we what are we doing how are we doing it and can we do it better and that's in any number of areas family economically educationally How are we doing politically? What are we doing and how can we do it better? That is, that for me is super important that we decide as a, as a community and communities all over the country, what are we doing and what do we believe? Do we really believe that the people who have been um, in political power in a lot of our communities across the nation really have our best interest at heart? Can we can we believe that? I know we've believed that in the past, but we can't just like my my change in, in when thinking about abortion. Can we continue to believe that? based on what we've seen can the people who have quote said they were your allies all along and when you really investigate behavior and you and you investigate uh progress or the lack thereof have they really been your ally at all ever but you have to do some introspection there and what you have to do is you have to be ready for a result that you didn't expect. Otherwise, introspection is useless. Now you're just either in denial, which is which is problematical or worse, really, or you're in some sort of, you're trying desperately, horribly desperately to reconcile and make excuses for what, you know, in, 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 in looking at what you see and what you know and trying to reconcile them. And, this, and, and the problem with that is you got to be honest. I posted a few days ago, there's a lot of people talking about no justice, no peace. But they're leaving out what I think is the first part of that, that statement. Because without truth, there can be no justice. Without the truth, there can be no justice. You've got to have truth first and truth can be hard truth can be very hard because truth doesn't care about your feelings ever the truth doesn't care about your feelings the truth quite frankly a lot of times will beat your feelings to death. 
You know, it, they just, it just will. It'll turn your, the, the truth most times will turn your life upside down. It'll turn everything that you thought you knew, everything that you thought you believed completely upside down. And hopefully during introspection, that's what you hope to, to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. You do this introspection and, and what you have to hope is that your world gets rocked. And most people, quite frankly, don't want their world rocked. They don't. Because it's a very unstable, mental, mentally unstable time. And a lot of people have built, have used, you know, what their their current thoughts on their worldview as their platform. And if they if they are not making some sort of real live monetary benefit from it, they're making a social. I mean, their their social currency is based on what they're saying. So it's hard to just. It's like it's, it's like a mosquito that. You know that, that that lands on you and hits a hits a hits an artery. You know they know that at some point they're going to explode and be found out, but it's just so good they just can't pull out of it. So so it's it's really tough. It really is hard. So what happens is they end up getting smashed, and then blood gets everywhere. So that's why that's what you have to want when you're talking about introspection in yourself and in the community, because as a community, some communities will get turned on their heads. Let me talk about my own. Uh, a lot of you guys know that I live in Florida. I live in, in Tampa, which in Tampa is on the uh, central, is in central Florida on the West coast. Uh, Hillsborough County where Florida resides is a community of about 1.4 million people. And it's a pretty diverse place. Pretty diverse. Um, Looks like the, looks like the country in a lot of ways. As a matter of fact, Outback loves to open new restaurant concepts here because it's so easy to do the testing they need to do because our our population is pretty diverse. People from all over, people from all over the country. Um, of course, about the, the 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 correct percentage of people as based on the nation's population of peoples, um, somewhere between. 11 and 13 percent um, black people here uh, right around a little bit more than that Hispanic uh, and Hispanic from all over the world when I say Hispanic that way I, 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 I it's people from all over the world a lot of people coming from South South and Central America here um, a lot of white folks defecting places like California New York and Ohio and coming to Florida and settling in this area as a matter of fact to give, to give you a, re a really quick idea um, eighty percent of the people who live in Florida, who live in Hillsborough County, were not born in the state of Florida. You hear me? Eighty percent of the people who live in Hillsborough County were not born in the state of not born in the state of Florida. So you get here, and this has a, a, a vibe a lot like other places in the country, which is why people come here. Which is why in Hillsborough County we have one point four million people here and have some of the hottest zip codes uh, for real estate in the country. That's why. All without things like mass transit. Good thing. Can't spread COVID as easily if you don't have subway cars. We can't have subways anyway, but anyway. Um, so 
you have to understand that my area where I live is a fairly interesting area in the sense that in the black communities, I'll name them, places like East Tampa, which includes places like Jackson Heights, Bellman Heights, um, some other places. Excuse me, my eye was itching. Um, those kind of places that are, that are predominantly black are predominantly Democrat and have been for, for years, for decades. And basically, as soon as you had um, pre-clearance laws, um, single single member district laws that um, made sure that particular districts or areas got local representation, both at the county level and the city level, a lot of those positions were held by black Democrats. Because, frankly, and I'm not, and, and please don't get me wrong. I understand why. Because it seemed to make sense. And the sensibility at the time was if indeed we could have someone at the county or city level who looked like us, and there's still this mentality out there that looked like us in these places, that we would do better. Because they would be looking out for the interest of the community. This is let me jump forward 2016. This is why, if you don't understand how black people almost universally were so happy and thrilled with the election of Barack Obama, this because this was the mentality. The mentality was, oh, finally, now we're going to have somebody who's going to look at our look look at our issues here in the community, here where I live, here how I live, here what I have to deal with. Now, the hard part about that, when that was over, in 2015, 2016, there was no post-mortem done because it would have required some introspection on what you thought was true. And what people thought was true was this, is that if we have a black president, then black people will do better. And what we found is that that wasn't really the case. Some black people felt better because it made them happy but they weren't really doing any better. That was tough. For a lot of people, that was really hard. I'm just going to tell you. And some people are, it's it, it, it was such a difficult thing that they have just refused to do it. They're just not going to do it. They're going to say anything that you say against Barack Obama is just either you're a self-hating Negro or you're just a, a flat-out Charlottesville racist. That's it that there were no scandals, that there was nothing wrong um, with the Obama White House for eight years. Uh, and they're going to say that 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 um, President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama were fabulous and gracious and, and, and presidential the entire time they were there. They were never crass. They're gonna, just going to just go. And, and the longer it goes on, the long, longer the, the, between the time that... Uh, President Obama left the White House and and now 
three and a half, almost four years later, people will romanticize that time more and more because they refuse to do the introspection. They refuse to do the postmortem on the Obama administration. They refuse to do the introspection in their own heart that says, wait a minute, here's where I am. Let's say, oh my goodness, in 2019, and here's where I here's where I was in 2015. Am I and it's that age old question? Am I better off now, or was I better off then? I might have felt better then. I might have, you know, what my emotional thing might have been better, but what, what where, where was my economic thing? Where was my educational thing? Where was you know what I'm saying all the things that matter? Where's the condition of my family? from 2015-2019 because that requires introspection and in that you might have to change your mind. And people aren't interested in changing their mind. They're not interested. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard to change your mind because that sort of introspection blows your worldview up. Because it says things that it says things like this didn't happen in my community. Education didn't get better in my community. Um, it didn't get better in my community because of racism. It got didn't get better in my community because unions fought school choice like hell. They fought it because they were fighting for their very existence, and it was all about the money. And it was and it was about it was about protecting the union. It wasn't about making sure that black children had quality education. While the president and Mrs. Obama was were inviting um, <clears throat> uh, STEM kids to the White House and having the science fairs at the White House with with STEM kids who were um, girls and of course uh, students of color, my kid was still having trouble getting a decent education because the school that they were supposed to go to quite frankly, sucked and barely had anything resembling a real-life STEM program anyway other than in name only so they can get federal funding. So things weren't really better at all, were they? But in order to do that postmortem, like I, I keep saying, would have required some introspection. What do you believe? And folks, we have to do that. Now, that this cultural introspection isn't just for black people, please, please, please. It's for all of us. That first bit of introspection has to be, what do I believe in my heart? What do I believe? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flip back around and point my finger, put my finger in your chest. If if you are professing Christ and you are, you are saying that somehow you are a Christian. You have to examine your own heart. Put the floodlight on your heart. What do you really believe? When it comes down, when you're by yourself, what do you believe? What do you, what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about your community? What do you believe about other people? Are you take, have you taken in everything through your senses, through, through the gateways? And is that what you believe? Do you believe that all 
black young men, you know what, between the ages of of 19 and 29 are criminals and thugs and drug dealers? Do you believe that every black man, every, every black man or every black young boy who wear, who sags his pants is a gangbanger? Do you, do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Is that possible? Is that even, is it even freaking possible? What do you believe? Do you believe that every white man who has a successful business somehow got his successful business on the backs of black people? Do you believe that every white entertainer stole some element of black music? Do you really believe that? Is that again, is that even possible? If you know how music is distributed, I mean if you if you understand how music has changed in every genre since since Grog hit a um a tree branch with a stick start thumping that beat and people started dancing then if you understand that then you know what you're saying can't possibly be true no matter what god rest his soul little richard says it's not how it works not how not how it ever worked styles change they mutate All right, folks, my name is Willie Lawson, and this is Fight Back 2020. Um, the video crapped out, so there won't, there will not be a companion word-for-word -word video of this podcast, so we're just going to do the best we can. All righty, so again, please come to the Morning Report on Monday, or, uh, where you get podcasts on, on Spreaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeart iheart.com um a cast box a bunch of a bunch a bunch of places uh or you can just go you can just you know go to google and type in the morning report fight back media bang there you go uh we hope to see you monday morning bright and early so until we see you again go out there and learn something love somebody and for goodness sakes y'all take care of yourself we'll see you when we see you bye bye now Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventure should be fun. Adventure should be rugged. Adventure should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone.